Hey there, Gen Xers. Introducing a new game called The Power Struggle. Try to correctly identify these five clips in order, and I'll be right back to tell you all about the details of the new game. I am very happy to be here. With Mokwai comes much responsibility. I am not left-handed. Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. He's a butthead just like his old man was. Whoa. <clears throat> Take two. Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Zabe, your host, and today we are back with our next fun-sized episode of The Home Game. For those of you who might be new to the show, this is not the regular format of the podcast, but rather a sort of mini-episode to give you a chance to play at home with a friend or by yourself, as well as giving you your fix of Gen X trivia in between regular episodes of the show. The Home Game is here for those who want to enjoy the nostalgia of their generation, but may not have an hour to invest in the podcast, or for those who just want to get right to the games and nostalgia. Here's how we play. Just like in the regular edition of the podcast, we will have three rounds of trivia and games for you to play. Each episode, we invite a special guest and let them set the benchmark score for you to try and beat. Each round has a different game for you to try out, and at the end you can compare your score with that of our special guest benchmark and earn your rank on the quiz. Our special guest this episode is a friend of mine for over 30 years, if you can believe that. Please welcome to the show, Cam! Hi, Cam! Hi, how you doing, Zabe? Great, thanks for being on the show. Say hello to listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself, Please include what generation you're from and how you feel about setting the benchmark score for the episode. Hi, my name is Cam. I am from Huntington Beach, California. I am Generation X. And to me, that is the greatest generation. So they can all just. This is a, this is a family podcast, Cam. So, you know, I, I think I know what you're trying to say. But uh, yeah, yeah, feelings mutual there. <laughs> Understood. So I am setting the benchmark. Doesn't matter what benchmark I make, you will lose. Brother. I will take everyone else out. Brother. I love the confidence. Let's see how you do. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you got the stuff to back it up. <laughs> Thanks for being on here, Cam. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So listeners, let's see if you can outscore my buddy from Generation X, or if you need to go back and refresh your memory of the cool stuff from your youth. There are a total of 23 points available in this episode. Keep track of your score, and I'll let you know how well you did versus our special guest benchmark at the end of the episode. Enough talk. So that's enough talking about it. Let's do it. Let's see if you can save Generation X from fading into oblivion. So if you listen to the last regular edition of the podcast, then you know we added a new rule and game to the show called The Power Struggle. The Power Struggle. In the opening of this episode, you heard five quick clips from Generation X, and the game is you need to name those five clips in the order that they were played. This game will work slightly differently here in the home game because the power is not a factor in the single player version of the show. But seeing how our special guest is setting the benchmark score for you to try and beat at home, that means our special guest is going to have to play against all of you listening to this one. So here's how this is going to work. If you get all five correct and in the correct order, then you will be bumped up an entire letter grade and rank at the end of the quiz. So that's what you get for getting it. Think of this sort of like an extra credit question to help out with your score. So there's no penalty if you get it wrong. But if our special guest gets it wrong here on the show, 
then we are going to open up to all of you, the listeners, to contact the show and see if you can get it correct. The very first person to contact the show who can correctly identify the clips in the correct order will win a prize package from the show. The prize package this episode includes a signed headshot from one of your favorite judges, a handsome certificate with your name on it, signifying that you are doing your part to save Generation X from fading into oblivion. As a bonus, we're going to put in a coupon for a free video rental from Blockbuster Video, Void in the State of Oregon. So pick up a movie from Blockbuster and make it a Blockbuster night. As well as your name going on our Wall of Fame. And finally, we'll send you your choice of any Who Will Save Generation X t-shirts from our merch store. If our special guest does not get the power struggle question correctly by the end of this episode, then I'll explain how you can send in your entry and try and win the prize package. So Cam, no pressure, but you now have all the listeners rooting against you so they can get a crack at the prize package. That just makes me want it more. (laughs) We'll see if you can play spoiler to their chance of winning it or not. Good. Let's move on to round one. Round one. Round one is our trivia round consisting of five questions in the television category. Each complete correct answer is worth two points. If you think you can convince the judges into giving you partial credit for your answer, you can award yourself one pity point for your partial correct answer. We'll use the honor system here for those at home. But Cam, if you want your partial credit, then you're going to have to come with some loud arguments for me to convince the judges. Sounds good. Okay. Question number one is called, come on down. Until recently, beloved former Price is Right host Bob Barker held the record for the longest running host of any game show in North America. Can you tell us? Which game show host now holds the record? This is a multiple choice. Is it A, Alex Trebek for Jeopardy? Is it B, Richard Dawson for Family Feud? C, Monty Hall for Let's Make a Deal? Or D, Pat Sajak for Wheel of Fortune? Oh, okay. So when you mentioned Alex Trebek, I thought that would be it. But I'm seriously going to have to go Pat Sajak for Wheel of Fortune. Pat Sajak is? Correct. Well done. Uh, yeah, you're on the board, Cam. And who could forget Vanna White? Not what oh, I mean. Yeah. Not what I mean. Not not <clears throat> not what I mean. Say no more. Here's the fun fact: when he hosted the premiere of the 39th season of Wheel of Fortune in September 2021, Pat Sajak became the longest-running host of any game show. Fun fact: Vanna White also holds a world record. She was named most frequent clapper by Guinness Book of World Records in May of 2013. I did not know that was a thing. I'm glad they made a category just for her. Me too. So you need something. Yes. So question two is called only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Okay. Which is a television question, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. The A team was a show about four Vietnam vets who narrowly escaped a military prison sentence for a crime. They did not commit. Now in the run, our titular team works for as Folgers, Soldiers of Fortune. Soldiers of Fortune. Now on the run, our titular team works as Soldiers of Fortune. Not surprisingly, the show is known for its exciting adrenaline-filled battles with lethal weaponry. However, in order to meet broadcast requirements, participants in these battles were rarely seriously injured. In fact, in the whole show, only one character is ever killed on screen. What character introduced in season four is killed when he is suddenly shot in the back? I'm sorry. There's no multiple choice on this one, buddy. Oh, <laughs> this one's a tough one. I would not get this. Wow. Uh, that is going really deep into a team. Um, was it a main character? Or uh, you can't hands, can you? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's season four, right? Right. Is when they came on. So, you know, okay. That's I'm a hint for you right there. Say, um, face man. Face is incorrect. Sorry. 
General Harlan Bull Fulbright was the oh, character's the dude name. who was chasing them. Yep, yeah, one of the many, right? Right. <laughs> it seems like they were always chasing, right? But there was always that main arc of the main general that was yeah, chasing yeah. them, and you'd see them coming every once in a while. Right. Dang it. So here's the fun fact on this: General Harlan Bull Fulbright was introduced in season four as the latest in a slew of military leaders assigned to catch the A-Team. At the end of the season, however, he enlists the help of the A-Team to free a group of Vietnam POWs, but is shot and killed during the escape. You know, you really have to pity the bull. You see what I did there? Because because Mr. T and and Bull, (laughs) it kind of sounds like fool. Yes, yes. All right, I'll show myself out. Okay, moving very quickly to number three here. This question is called Save the Rest for Last. Gilligan's Island was one of the most iconic and memorable theme songs in television history, giving us a summary of the premise of the show and prepping us to sit back and hear the show's weekly tale. It also lists the show's characters, Gilligan, the Skipper, etc., or at least it did in seasons two and three. Which two characters were left out of the season one theme and referred to as the rest. And the rest. The professor and Marianne. Here on Gilligan's Isle. Sing it if you know it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. That, that, especially when I was like four, five, six years old watching that show for probably the hundredth time, I always wondered why in the first season that, that why would they not show Professor and Marianne? I mean, they were both very attractive. I'd rather have them on there than Lovey Howell. So, you know. One was a little bit more attractive to me, but to each their own, Cam. Well, no you know, but it's I all mean, good. On, all the chicks like the professor. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. No, no one wanted the the um, skipper. I mean, he's too. <laughs> As a fat old man now, I am offended yeah. by that uh, comment. But I'll tell you why they did not have them in the show uh, or in the theme, at least. When the theme was first written, Mary Ann and the professor were considered, quote, second bill co-stars. And so were essentially left out of the song. With the rise in popularity of these characters. Bob Denver, Gilligan himself, asked that the song be changed. When the showrunners initially refused, Denver asked for Gilligan's name to be removed as well as a, as a sign of like solidarity, you know? Interesting. Yeah, this wasn't exactly plausible because uh, the song was titled The Ballad of Gilligan's Island. Right. So the professor and Marianne were added to the song. G- good for you, oh, Bob. Good for Bob. Yeah, that's, that's a great show of respect for your fellow workers. With Gilligan, the skipper too. And his wife, the movie star, and the rest are here on Gilligan's Island. So here's number four. It's Watch Out for That Tree. George of the Jungle is one of the classic Saturday morning cartoons Generation X got to enjoy growing up, but that enjoyment was limited. The creator, Jay Ward, loved the show so much that he exceeded the budget and lost a lot of money, leading to the show's cancellation. How many episodes of the original 1967 animated series, George of the Jungle, were produced? This is also a multiple choice. I I would hope so. (laughs) Was it A, 17? B, 22? C, 30, or D, 69. 69, dudes. Dude. <laughs> Let's see. 30 is too much. 69 is too much. I would say usually around that time, they did an order of 22 episodes. So I'm going to say 22. That is a well-educated guess. Unfortunately, is incorrect. Oh, I meant to say 17. Did that I not come out right? 
Should we do another take of that? Judges, can we do another take? (laughs) Sorry, buddy. I was pulling for you, but the judges said no. All right. I didn't pay them enough. (laughs) George of the Jungle ran for only 17 episodes and aired from September 9th to December 30th, 1967. But the love for the show and character lived on. In 1969, two comic books were published based on the show. And in 1985, Weird Al Yankovic covered the George of the Jungle theme for his album, Dare to be Stupid, which remains the only straight cover Weird Al has released on an album. Al's got great taste. I didn't know that he actually did a cover of that. That's kind of cool. I got to check that out. Yeah. You didn't have Dare to be Stupid growing up? No, I don't think I did. I I loved Weird Al, but back then, I don't think I had enough to buy albums. (laughs) (laughs) Well, same. Uh, My brother acquired it somehow. I'm not going to say whether he purchased it or not, but he acquired the record. We had the, uh, the, you know, the full size album, not not the 45s. And uh, yeah, we listened the hell out of that. Watch out for that. And here's the last question of the round. It's called Tom Slick, All-American Race Car Driver. Saturday morning cartoon classic George of the Jungle was segmented into three sections each episode. The first was about our titular King of the Jungle. The second featured Super Chicken, if you remember Super Chicken. (laughs) One more time for the cameras. There it is. And the episode ended with Tom Slick, All-American Race Car Driver. Can you tell us the name of the car that Tom Slick drives? Was it A? Thunderbolt Grease Slapper, B, Lightning Bolt Grease Smacker, C, Grease Lightning Car Lapper, D, Thunderclap Grease Zapper, or E, Snarf. (laughs) Snarf. (laughs) Uh, The only one that's ringing a bell is the first one. I'm going to have to say A. I want to hear the answer, though. Oh, Thunderbolt Grease Slapper. That's correct. All right. (laughs) I love that theme, too. The theme was great. Tom Slick. I'm not going to sing it, though. Tom Slick in the Thunderbolt Grease Slapper. Once he's on your tail, he won't quit because you know there's no such word as fail to. Tom Slick. Thunderbolt Grease Slapper, of course, is the correct answer. Tom Slick's trusty race car, the Thunderbolt Grease Slapper, could change into any racing vehicle. It created a running gag where the car was barely recognizable. Shapes it took include a racing balloon, swamp buggy, and submarine. It's a shame it couldn't take the form of money, which could have helped the creator, Jay Ward, create more than 17 episodes. Uh, let's take a listen to the power struggle clip before we start round two. Get you another listen. This is your second listen. Let's see if you can get it. I am very happy to be here. With Mokwai comes much responsibility. I am not offended. Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. He's a butthead just like his old man was. Now I think I have four of five. Okay. Listeners, how many do you got while you contemplate that? Let's move on to round two. Round two. Round two today is a game called Second Guessing. In this game, players must guess the title and artist to a popular Gen X song, but they only get to listen to the first second of the song. There are five songs total, and you'll be awarded one point for artist and one point for title for a total of 10 points in the round. I'll play each clip twice, and then you have to give me your answer. A little bit of hints here. Uh, Song one is from 1980, and Wikipedia calls this a hard rock song. Let's listen to the first second. I'll play it twice, then give me your answer. One more time. What do you got? ACDC back in black. (laughs) 
Well done, Cam. I think that's probably one of the most popular guitar riffs in rock history. I'd be oh, disappointed yeah. if you didn't get that one. Good job. Here's song number two. The song's from 1988. Wikipedia calls it a glam metal song. Let's see if you can get this one. One more time. What do you got, Cam? Poison. Nothing but a good time. Well done. You know, my buddy, Johnny, he, he really loved that Poison song. And I, every time I hear it, especially the intro, because uh, Brett Michaels goes, ha, 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 in it, you know, like his thing. Just right. wondered if he was like writing down the lyrics and he goes, okay, I'm going to write this down. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> that's it right there. That's, I would. that's the one. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. You're doing great in this round. You're two for two. And we're going to go to song number three. Song number three was released in 1973 the birth year of uh, champions according to wikipedia this is a progressive rock song let's see if you can name it after listening to only about a second of it one more time you got it pink floyd money Well done. That's another very uh, iconic opening to a song. Let's move on to song number four. This is from 1983. Wikipedia calls this a soft rock song. Song number four starts like this. One more time. What do you got? Oh, Journey Faithfully. It's like prom all over again, bro. I can, I can see the, the disco ball turning. Yeah. Highway run. Well done. That, of course, is correct. Journeys faithfully. So you're dominating this round. Listeners, if you are not dominating as well, you might be getting a little bit nervous right now. But let's go to our last song of the round. Song number five is from 1986, but it is a cover from 1977. I don't know if that's going to help you or hurt you here, but Wikipedia calls this an R&B song. Let's take a listen to the first second of this version of it. One more time. What do you got, Cam? Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all. Well done. You swept that round. Well, you know, um... What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Sexual Chocolate also did a cover. <laughs> you don't remember. <laughs> I'd like to give a big round of applause to my band, Sexual Chocolate. Sexual Chocolate. 
Uh, I'm ashamed to say that I didn't know this this was a cover until today when I was writing this uh, this song up. I did not know that either. Whitney covered the song made popular by George Benson, as it turns out. Oh. And it was the uh, theme song to a Muhammad Ali biopicture called The Greatest. Oh, that's kind of cool. I'm going to yeah. have to watch that. Yeah, I never knew the movie even existed, but now I, I kind of yeah. want to go check it out. Let's move on to round number three. Round three. Round three. This episode is a game called In a World Coming Soon. In a World Coming Soon. In this game, I'll play selected parts of a movie trailer from a Generation X movie, and you need to tell me which movie it was a preview for. There are clips from three movies, and you'll get one point for each that you name correctly. Three points available in this round. So let's go to movie number one. Movie number one is from 1980. It was rated R, and IMDb calls this a comedy sports movie. Let's take a listen and see if you can name this movie. Welcome to the Bushwood Country Club. The membership's exclusive. The help is outrageous. The madness is contagious. Starring a sportsman who really knows how to score. A big shot with an even bigger mouth. A man of dignity. And introducing Mr. Gopher as himself. I said freeze, Gopher! What do you got, Cam? Caddyshack all the way. Let's see if he's right. Caddyshack. It's all about swinging. Kiss me, you fool. But not on the course. Hey, you want to make $14 the hard way? Ah! Playing a good game. Catch Oh, He got all of that one. And talking a better one. Hey, I should have stayed home and played with myself. Caddyshack. The comedy with... Hey, somebody step on a duck. <laughs> I had to throw that last line in there. <laughs> I mean, how can you not love Rodney Dangerfield? I mean, oh, that, that dude's voice, everything about him, his rhythm, everything. He was just the best. My mother took me to dog show and I won. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. R.I.P. Rodney. Let's go to movie number two. It's from 1981, rated PG. And IMBD calls this an action-adventure family film. Find and fulfill your destiny. The myth. The magic, the mystery, the majesty. Destroy Argos! The good, the evil, the danger, the daring. How may a mortal man face and defeat the Kraken? That last part, give it away? Yes, yes, yes. That was Clash of the Titans. Let's see if he's right. Clash of the Titans. Starring Harry Hamlin as Perseus. Judy Bowker as Andromeda. Burgess Meredith. Maggie Smith. Ursula Andress. And Florence Olivier as Zeus. Before history. Beyond imagination. Clash of the Titans. Well done, Cam. You got that one right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that once they mentioned the Kraken, I was all over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you heard in the trailer Ursula Andress' name in there. So she had name recognition billing in the trailer and on the poster. And in the movie, she has one line. Yeah, I don't even remember who that was. <laughs> She's the lady who had one line in the movie. <laughs> Moving on. Movie number three is from 1988. It was rated R as well, and IMDb calls this an action western, our first western on the show. Let's see if you can get this one. Six reasons why the West was wild. No one's fool enough to go in after Murphy's people. I'm in. 
deputize them. You must like trouble. Trouble? You think I look like trouble? I'm a poet. Miss Ween, those are just boys. Ain't one of them over 21. Murphy's men will shred them in half within a day. I'm a pugilist. He ain't all there, is he? My vision told me we're headed for blood. We got warrants for the law! You're now wanted by the legitimate law as well as those outside the law. You're being hunted by troops. I like these odds. <laughs> What do you got, Cam? I'm a cowboy. Young Guns. That is correct. All right. So here's the fun fact for Young Guns. At night, the actors would actually get together and play music and sing. When they were drunk, however, they'd make Lou Diamond Phillips sing La Bamba, as he had <laughs> when he played <laughs> Richie Valens in uh, La Bamba. <laughs> Can you just I pay see to see Chavez, that. Eat Chavez, you know, all <laughs> tough and saying, Yeah, I'd love to see that. That would be spectacular. Okay, before we hand out the ranks for this episode, we'll take one last listen to the power struggle question, and then we'll get your final answer. Okay, Cam? All right. Here's your final listen. I am very happy to be here. With Mokwai comes much responsibility. I am not offended. Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. He's a butthead just like his old man was. Okay, Cam, what do you got, buddy? All right. Number one, that is trading places. Number two is Gremlins. Three, I'm going to have to say something Monty Python, but I don't know what. Let's say Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, Number four is Rocky Three. And number five is Back to the Future. Cam, you only got three correct. Ooh. So I'm sorry, Cam. You didn't get them correct. That's all right. That's all right. But this this is the this is the new thing. So we'll see how hard it is for everyone else to get. That means we have to now turn this question to the listeners to see if they can get it correct and claim the prize package. So listeners, there are two ways to enter for a chance to claim that generous prize package. The first way is to send a self-addressed stamped envelope care of who will save Gen X to PO Box 69 at 1313 Mockingbird Lane, Springfield, USA. <laughs> Or you can join our newsletter and there will be a place for you to send your answers in for the question. Remember, the first member of our newsletter will be the winner of the prize package. So the sooner you join the newsletter, the better chance you have of being first. Details on how to join the newsletter can be found in the show notes for this episode, or you can contact the show directly at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. And I promise to write you back and give you the details. Good luck. Hey, Cam, side note here. I really appreciate you purposefully getting this one wrong so we can send this out to the listeners for, I know, you know, all five of these and you're just being a cool guy and, and not getting them right. And so, so more people can play. I appreciate Uh, that. Yeah. Thank you for buttering me up. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do you remember your score listeners? Let's see how well you did. Cam, you dominated this game. You got a total of 19 points, which is a ton. I'm not sure that could be one of the highest scores. I, I think someone got 20, but um, 19 is right up there. You're on the Mount Rushmore of the, the home game here. Oh, that's perfect. I want my face on a mountain. <laughs> Listeners, if you're playing against our special guests and scored less than 19, then you let this dude beat you and you might want to go back and brush up on your memories of your youth. Cam, first, thank you so very much for lending your time and talents to the show. I really appreciate you for taking the time to be here. Do you have a good time on the show? 
I had a great time. This is a blast. Great. And I would definitely do it in the future if you ask me again. Uh, well, maybe we get you on the regular edition of the podcast. You bring a buddy on and give you someone to go against. That'd be fun. But Cam, do you have any messages for those listening that you beat here today? That I beat? Well, you know, if you got completely beat out, don't take it to heart. You know, this is all trivial knowledge that makes no difference in your life. <laughs> but it, it is fun information to where it brings back a lot of great memories. So if this brought a lot of great memories back to you, then I'm happy for you. Okay. So before we give out the ranks, is there anything you'd like to plug or any shout outs you'd like to give? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've been recently hired for NAMI Orange County, which is a national alliance on mental illness. And what they do is they're raising awareness on mental illness and trying to get rid of the whole stigma behind it. We're getting better in the U.S. about it insofar as people are getting help, more often getting help than just completely just getting arrested and beat up. More people are getting help rather than being thrown out of the house. However, we do have a long ways to go, and that's what NAMI is a part of. So if you guys are in the Southern California area and you want to go to our NAMI walks, come on over. It's on November 19th at Angel Stadium. That'll be November 19th, 2022, in case someone's listening to this later. Check it out online. Just look up NAMI Walks and you'll find it. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody listening right now hasn't been affected by either themselves or someone that they love from some form of mental illness. It's it's not something you can just look at someone and tell necessarily. It's, a, it's kind of a, a silent affliction, so to speak. Everyone could use help at some point. And yeah. the ones who need help the most... Sometimes families don't want to talk about it because of the stigma. Uh, the ones who need the help most don't want to talk about it themselves because they grew up in a world where you don't talk about it. Well, I want to talk about it. Make people look at it not as not as something that we need to avoid, but something that we need to go head forward straight into and help. But they can check out namioc.org. Okay, we'll put a link up to that in the uh, show notes if anyone wants to get more information on NAMI. Let's go uh, to the <laughs> ranks. If you're playing solo, we are using the A-team scoring system for grading the quiz today. A score of 21 to 23 points is the grade of an A, and that earns you the rank of Sergeant Bosco Albert Bad Attitude Baracus, better known as just B.A. That's Mr. T's character on the show who became the breakout star from the series. And he be also became a Gen X cultural icon, not to mention an all around good dude. Oh, do you remember the cartoon he did? Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that, that cartoon made part. no sense. <laughs> not even a little bit. It's Mr. E.T. Mr. E.T. E. <laughs> Mr. Better. T driving like a bus. He's like a bus driver full of like right. kids, uh, gymnast but... kids. Yeah. And yeah. going solving mysteries? Like, who, who, what, huh? Although I would prefer a Mr. E.T. where it's, I hate a So in the show, he cared most for the vulnerable of us back in the 1980s, but doing it with a toughness and grit that was certainly a narrow line that could only be walked by him, I think. Yep. You could easily describe B.A. as a jerk with a heart of gold. And I think you could really apply that to Gen X as a whole. So I think this deserves an A, absolutely. Congratulations. You're doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. A score of 19 to 20 points is enough for a B. That's you, Cam. And the rank of Howling Mad Murdoch. I don't know. Knowing you in high school, I think that might be the best one for you, bro. That could work. That could work. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, he provided the comic relief on the show, but was always the unsung hero as well. 
Yes. He single-handedly rescues the rest of the team more than any other single member with his special set of skills and never really got his due on the show, as far as I can remember. I always kept putting him in hospitals and not letting him do his job. I know. Like, he's like the, the real savior of this group. Think exactly. about it. He represents a lot of the snarky attitudes many of us Gen Xers have and probably best represents the spirit of Gen X on the show. So to that end, we are giving him some of his long overdue flowers and also the rank of a B on the quiz here today. The score of 17 to 18 points is enough for a C and that earns you the rank of face. The character's real name is Lieutenant Templeton Peck. He's a handsome, suave, impeccably dressed and so charming, few people can resist the urge to give him whatever he asks for. However, the way he manipulates women in the show does not age well here at all in 2022. So for that, we had to knock him down a few pegs, and I think a C works well here. Uh, I guess you could not con your way into a higher grade on this podcast, Templeton. Face! <laughs> Remember that? People say face! <laughs> face! Gotta bring that, that one back. Yeah, I forgot. Was that an actual insult? Face! Yeah. It's like in your face. You pulled in your palm face. up to your face. Like, you face! Yeah, maybe that's a Southern California thing. I don't know, but that was, that was definitely a thing. Um, I'm glad that one kind of died out. No way, man. I'm bringing that back. <laughs> I'm saving Gen X and I'm saving face. Here we gotcha. go. All right. You do you. I'll support you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. A score of 14 to 16 points is enough for a D, and that can only be Colonel John Hannibal Smith. Hannibal was the leader of the A-team and the master of disguise, often donning wigs and prosthetics to fool the enemy. The master strategist Hannibal loved it when his plans came together, but he was always kind of a dack about it, if you think about it. He may be the smartest guy in the room, but it's a jerk move to make sure everyone knows about the fact every time you make some sort of strange gadget out of a household item. I don't think most people plan on getting a D, but if that was Hannibal's grand scheme all along, then I'm sure he's loving it right about now. And finally, if you scored 13 or less, well, I'm sorry, that's a failing grade. And when we talk about failing and A-team, that can only mean one thing. And an F in this episode grants you the rank of 99.999% of every bullet that was ever fired on the show. <laughs> Hannibal can shoot a dangling rope in half or shoot a strap of a bag off of someone without harming the carrier, but he can never seem to hit the bad guy. Far be it for me to be an advocate for gun violence, but in your fictional TV show, why bother to have guns if there's never a threat of anyone ever getting shot? They could MacGyver the way out of any sticky situation and it go flawlessly. Dudes made fountain pins into a gun and cannons that shot two by fours from a forklift. All those were freaking bullseyes every time, but they couldn't seem to hit anything with the weapons they were highly trained with. Even as kids, we could not suspend our belief long enough for the converted wood chipper gun that shot cabbages and got nothing but headshots. This flaw in the show certainly deserves an F for sure. I have a I have a rebuttal to that. Okay, let's hear it. All right, so now the A-team, they were they were mercenaries. If they were to have actually killed people, then the law from all states would have come after them. However, they made sure they didn't kill people. Because they were such good shots, they kept shooting them near their feet as they were running away or shooting tires. They were so good that they made sure they didn't kill anyone, and therefore they didn't get the law coming down on them harder. That's my opinion. Okay, but they weren't the only ones shooting guns either. Like, there was a bajillion bad guys shooting guns too. Well, they all sucked. <laughs> but I hear your rebuttal cam. Judges, are we going to allow that rebuttal to stand? Oh, I guess we are. Hey. Hey, that's the first you, time judges. the judges ever shot me down. Thank you, judges. Okay, well, screw it. This whole episode's ruined now. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> 
We have just enough time for a quick shout out before we go. Listener Kevin writes to the show and says that he and his wife listened to the podcast together in the car. And Kevin wanted to send a message to his wife saying, Rhonda, you are my favorite part of Generation X, which I thought was very nice. Thanks to both of you for listening to the show. This sound clip is just for you. You're the most beautiful, exciting thing I've ever seen in my life, and I don't know anything about you. If you have a shout out you'd like to give to that special person in your life, write the show, and we might be able to make that happen too. We hope you've enjoyed playing along this episode of The Home Game, and we'll post your score on our Facebook group page. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have a Patreon account set up for those who would like to take advantage of the special offers available for becoming a contributor, or if you just want to send some appreciation for what we're trying to do here. We also offer our Venmo account, and you can send that to Who Will Save Gen X. Detailed information is available in the show notes for both of these ways to send the show a little bit of love. If you have questions, comments, or would like to sign up to become a guest on either the home game or a regular version of the game show, you can email me at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and invite you to become a friend of the show. Well, that's it for this edition of the home game. Once again, I'd like to thank my special guests for being on the show, as well as all of you for listening, wherever you are. We'll be back with our regular version of the podcast in the next episode, where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. So we are coming back here. We were still with Cam and we were chit-chatting after the show and we realized we have a close mutual friend and I think there's been a challenge made. I'll let Cam explain. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I want McGrath. Donnie McGrath. I want you in the ring, brother. Brother. Come on, Donnie. Let's get to it. You and I head to head trivia time. So we've had Donnie on the show three times, once with his son, Tommy, if longtime listeners will remember, and Cam and Donnie were friends in high school. I didn't realize that they were buddies, and I think we can even make this happen. So Donnie, if you're listening to this episode right now, you got to get back to the show and tell us if you're going to man up and take on Cam's calling you out to the trivia smackdown and see if you're uh, man enough to uh, face him. Looking at you, Donnie. Thanks, Cam. All right, Donnie. I just did 19 points. I heard you've done really well in the past with your 20 or so, but beware. Beware. I will take you down. Brother. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.